Welcome to another I'm episode speechless right of now. Oaken Bros. Yeah, I'm absolutely speechless right now. It's like right our now. first celebrity. That's a, it's that's like a, a miracle. You're like the Robert Michael. Downey Jr. to our <laughs> to our podcast. I mean, celebrity businessman. Celebrity businessman. Hopefully the later in life Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> getting $50 million a picture. <laughs> that Robert, yeah. yeah Not yeah. the spiraling one. <laughs> <laughs> Not the chaplain. Yeah. <laughs> so we have Harris Bieber yeah. in the, studio. Yeah, Harris is the CMO of Vimeo. A uh, online video service, right? Video platform. Right? It's yeah. not like a bar mitzvah video. No. Right? No. <laughs> it's a little bigger <laughs> a little than bigger that. Shit. Although there are bar mitzvah videos on Vimeo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not core to our mission. <laughs> so Harris is a good friend of ours. We knew Har- we used to play poker with Harris. Yeah. Yeah. Back in college. Yeah. I think technically 19 is still like teenage years. So we've known each other since we were teenagers. Seriously. Yeah. Like we met, uh, we met in college. Um, through Tanner, right? Yep. Greg Tanner, who was on the podcast last week. Oh, yeah. Can't wait to we, see. We Skyped him. Yeah. That, that show should be live in, a, in like a, a week from today. Yeah. Nice. Greg Tanner introduced us and we would accompany him on his escapades in New York City. <laughs> and we, uh, we were the Long Islanders and Greg was the city boy. Yeah. Well, you, Neil too, right? You were yeah. friends with Neil yeah, and yeah, through Greg. Mitch and yep. Yeah, there was another dude that used to hang out with us. I don't remember his name. I don't think he liked me. Yeah, that's why you don't remember his yeah. name. Yeah. Uh, who, who cares? Yeah, we, I used to play poker with him, and he used to get so mad when I would win. Which didn't happen very often. No, I was oh, pretty yeah, good. I was very good at right? game player. Yeah. I, st- I didn't know the rules, so you guys would get mad because I didn't play by the rules. You, <laughs> you were very good. You were, you're, all. You, it was all. Your street smarts yeah. really excelled. In well, it was a mix between instincts and my ADD and impatience that wouldn't let me. So I, would, I like to be in the action. Do you still play? No. You don't? <laughs> <laughs> I just, there's a few that, one, I don't have that much time to play. Right. So it becomes a choice between seeing my family or going out. And that's a, that's a hard uh, trade-off. Also right. from my wife could make it a hard trade-off. If right. <laughs> you have too many nights out when you're working so hard. It's, uh, it's not conducive to a good family life. So. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. We don't use those big words here, by the way. Conducive, yeah, yeah. Conducive. I have to Google that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so we want to start from the beginning. Well, what? I just want to mention that you know I have two numbers in my phone. Sharon and I share contacts in our in our cell phones, right? So like when I have a number, it's you know Harris Bieber in my phone. I've had it since I met him. Right. And Sharon has a number in his phone in her phone, and we share the same number. And it says Harris gift back. So when I told Sharon yesterday. Harris is coming on the podcast. She's like, Harris, gift back. <laughs> so like, I don't think she knows your last name is Bieber, but let's start with gift back because what you did is an entrepreneur. Yep. You started something and, and I want to preface this. You, you gave 1-800-Flowers a run for their money. I mean, you really- I don't know if I would go as far as that, but right. they knew we existed. They knew you existed, exactly. Mainly because my business partner and I used to work at 1-800-Flowers. Right. Uh, that's where I started my career. You started right out of college? Right out of college. A- after okay. I did a five-year program where I got my MBA. So right after that, I started at 1-800-Flowers. I interned there. Uh, during school, and then they offered me a job, and it was a great learning experience. Right at the the dot com era, it was actually post dot com bust, so early two thousands. Um, and I got my formative education in e commerce in marketing at One Hundred Flowers. But I always knew I wanted to start something, uh, and I met a guy Ken Shalero, who I learned a lot from, and we became business partners and decided we had it was his idea actually for for gift back. But as soon as I heard it, I latched on to it because it combined both sales and marketing in an area that I had expertise in, but also with giving back. That's the 
the back part of GiveBack right. to nonprofits. And it really empowered customers to choose the nonprofits they wanted to support. So this is right at the time when Apple came out with, you know, the red iPod for AIDS uh, research and yeah, yeah, right. there's pink Tic Tacs but those were all one product one cause you didn't have much control over it but what we realized and recognized that uh, everyone has a cause that they're passionate about it could be uh, autism it could be breast cancer because mm-hmm. each person has had events in their life that's touched them and usually they want to support those those causes that they have a personal affinity for mm-hmm. uh, and that's where we create a gift back where you could give 10% back of every purchase to a charity of your choice. We worked with, I think, over 400 nonprofits and really empowered the customer to choose what they wanted to support. We didn't want to choose yeah, that. I them. remember whenever I would order something on there, because would, I would do it quite often, you know, just gifts for friends and family and, and business people, I would always do to the lung association because at that time my dad was just diagnosed yep. with lung cancer. So, it, you know, it, it worked and, and it made mm-hmm. you feel good that part of your purchase was going towards something that you care about. Yeah, and by the way, I appreciated every one of those orders. At the time, we saw everyone, we processed everyone. Yeah, uh, we moved our whole business over. Yeah, you M- did. My mom, yeah. our mom, moved all the uh, gifts over to you. And let's talk about that for a second, because I don't uh, think people realize what starting a business is hard. Uh, yeah. People see the upshoots; they very rarely see the failures. They very rarely see the struggles. I think my business partner and I had five different offices that were, we started in his basement, uh, which was small, and then we upgraded to my parents' basement, which was a bigger basement office, and then uh, my brother-in-law had an office space here in Hicksville that he let us uh, stay, and then we kind of outgrew that, and we we rented space from one of his friends that had an insurance company, and so we moved around, we were vagabonds, but throughout that, it was hustling, and... Yeah, you worked your ass off. One of the things that I learned that is, you know, we've known each other a while, we say we're friends, that friends get thrown around loosely there's people in your life that you think are friends but then when you ask them for help like and help could be hey order your mother's day flowers from us it, it'll help us oh, out right that uh, i don't want to toot our horn but we totally came through but <laughs> most people didn't the point being most people didn't and it's yeah. a simple ask like that where you said hey if you don't mind do your purchase that you're going to make anyway with us it would help us out it's right. surprising how few people go out of their way to help you and one thing that i knew at that time was how incredible it was that your mom always ordered from us. And I would see the orders that came in, orders that probably shouldn't have been with us, she made with us just because she wanted to support my business. And at the time, we were young, we were friends, but it wasn't like I knew your mom my whole life. She knew that I was your friend and that was enough for her to support us. Uh, But that was the exception, unfortunately. And I think that's one of the the hard lessons I learned with going into business is people you thought would help you or go out of the way to help you rarely do. And I think, unfortunately, many people secretly don't want you to succeed or they're afraid to take chances or they or for whatever reason they don't go out of their they're out of the way to help you when it's really simple so that really seeing how your mom went out of her way ordered father's day gifts birthday Mm -hmm. gifts uh we carried brookstone products so if there was a reason for any gift she uh, would purchase above everything else it was a good idea it was a good idea and the product worked yeah supporting causes you think supporting causes and items that you would purchase anyway is a no-brainer right uh, no, it, w- it was a brilliant idea, Gift Back. So what happened with Gift Back? Uh, it did really well. Uh, we were two guys in a basement. I think we hit a million dollars in sales wow. in the first eight months. So we said, all right, we should get out of the basement. We went to go raise funds. And as in so much in life, timing is everything. I think back to after we moved on from Gift Back, it was a boom period. And people were giving out 
million, multi-million dollar checks to startups. But for us, that was 2007, right as the world started taking a turn. Right. We we hustled. We went to California. We spoke to probably 50 VCs and really? angel investors. We had two term sheets uh, that would have helped us like accelerate the business to the next stage. But right as those term sheets were going around, the world kind of took a turn for the worse in the financial downturn and the recession, and those deals fell through. And we were at a time where I was young and I wasn't married yet, so it was easier for me, but my business partner just had his first kid who was six months old. We had credit card debt and and ran our runway as far as we could, so we made a decision. Actually, we sold the business uh, to one of our vendors, David's Cookies. Uh, oh, my God. Okay. He actually looked at our business and saw what we were doing and wanted us to do that for his business. So it was less about our company and more about Ken and I being able to help grow his business. And I could create a great narrative like, yeah, we had an exit, we sold a startup, but it was it was great and we were fortunate to find a buyer because it helped take a huge burden off Ken and I uh, as earlier in our life where we had debt that we had massed over you know the three years of, of bootstrapping. So it was really good and fortunate in that. It wasn't like a big financial windfall, but it was a, an enormous educational windfall and mm-hmm. cre- open doors, right? I, I took over the business for David's Cookies right. and the direct-to-consumer. They were huge wholesale business and really helped grow their e-commerce business. It shaped a new phase of learning for me in terms of how, how to deal on a wholesale dropship side and build a different type of business. Mm-hmm. And that opportunity came about because uh, a very successful CEO who built a $100 million business saw two guys in a basement that were doing things that his business wasn't, and he wanted us to be part of his business. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, at one end, it, at one side of the story, it was a, a close to a journey that was a difficult close because when you put so much time and effort hoping for a big exit or some outcome and you don't see that fully come to life, uh, that's never easy, but it was opened another opportunity. And so much of life is about not what you're doing now, but the next step of a journey sure. that it opens up. And you don't realize that in the moment. You only get the benefit of looking back on life. During that, I was pretty soul crushing, you know, yeah. like, because you have to, it's a tough choice. Do I give up on this thing that I believed in, that I worked so hard for, that you know in your gut is an amazing idea. You're, you're helping give back to causes and you're making a difference in the world, but you don't have that liberty of like, you need to pay the bills and you have a mortgage and rent and mm-hmm. uh, those are tough choices to make. Right. Do you feel that if you would have stuck it out, let's say, let's say you would have opened that one more door to you know, one more angel inv- or in, in, round of investors and they said, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll invest in you. Let's say they weren't affected by, everyone was affected by the economy crash. Yeah. But like, let's say, would you have stuck with it? Or were you like done with that idea? I think idea? we did six months past what we would have stuck with. Really? We look back on, because we gave it, we kept going. We, we, were, we were fortunate enough because Ken and I just opened doors. We did deals you know, that weren't core to the business. We had a background in corporate giftings. I think uh, one of our deals was for the Deep Vein Thrombosis Foundation. It was $50,000 worth of socks, wow. right? So that was, but that came at the right at, at a midpoint where we needed that deal. It helped keep the doors open and it did get back to a good cause. It was a PR campaign where they sent white socks out with markers that people could draw on for veins and it was to raise awareness. Um, but, you know, well, who would have thought we were in the sock business? You know, I always say, you know, you you can't succeed. I don't want to say that you fail, but you, you can't succeed if you don't fail because it, it, the two just go hand in hand and you wouldn't be where you are now if you didn't try, have it not work, and then move on to something oh, else. Give back was the stepping stone. 
A hundred percent. It was right. a huge education. So much right. of your life after you're done with school, if you're fortunate enough to go to school, you know, the education you get is through the experiences and your willingness to take on new experiences. I think so much of my success or my path was, has been shaped by saying yes and just raising my hand and volunteering. That's one thing uh, early on in my career at One Hundred Flowers. I literally volunteered for every cross-functional team, every program. It helped me advance because I knew areas of the business that no one else of my peers who were in similar roles did mm-hmm. because they chose to keep their head down and do a good job at what they were doing, but you miss out on so much of the opportunities that are there for everyone, but you only they only show themselves if you if you expose yourself to them. Right. So let's talk about Vimeo. How did you end up as CMO of Vimeo? It's a long journey. <laughs> Through that, I, there so was you didn't jump from David's Cookies into no, Vimeo. No, I was in. I was in the photo book space at a that a, com- a company that was uh, more of a niche player. That was a nice sized business that was growing. That we, when I came on, the business was actually in a decline for the past two years. We helped uh, really turn that business around. Went from you know negative ten percent growth to growing forty percent year over year. And then at a point where the founder and CEO was at a stage in his life where do I re up and and raise money or do I sell the business? And he made the call to sell the business to Shutterfly. So that was a nice outcome, uh, but also a little bit, I felt like we were just starting to get our momentum and seeing things through, but that was another different type of experience of, of taking a business that was kind of stagnant and, and helping it grow and seeing what that life cycle is of a different stage of business. Uh, from there, I made the decision to go to a startup. It was a sports tech startup, and it was, you two both know me, I am not a sports person. No. You could no. see me, I am not an athlete by nature. I wasn't <laughs> raised in a household where, yeah, we because watched, we are. Where, where we watched football on Sunday. I just don't get it. So I had a dream job for somebody. It just wasn't my dream job. So okay. I think very quickly I realized, maybe in the first two, three weeks, I was like... I made a mistake, right? And right. it was not because the founders weren't amazing. They were exceptional. And I think I was uh, actually skewed a little bit because they were such great people and the people that worked there were so great. But right. the industry wasn't for me. It wasn't. It didn't play to my strengths. Um, but the learning experience, So, and I stuck it out. We, we, you know, I was there for a year and uh, did my best to make it work, but it wasn't aligned with who I am as a person, what I, what I care about as a person, and what I'm passionate about. Right. Uh, and the learning experience I took from that was you really have to understand what you're great at and, and focus your strengths and your efforts on what you're good at and don't try to force yourself because it seems like a good opportunity or there'll be a big exit or you can't pass up this opportunity. If it's not aligned with who you are or what you're good at, it's very unlikely that you'll succeed. Or even if you're succeeding, it's very unlikely you'll be happy at what you're Words doing. Words of wisdom. Yeah. Unbelievable. Did you learn any of this in Binghamton? None of it. Seriously? No. Like Seriously, you don't. Right. And you, got, you have an get, MBA, right? I do have an MBA, and I'm glad I did it at the time. I did a five-year program. I would never go back to school. It's really hard to go back once you, you have of momentum in life. Um, I'd say what school taught you is a foundation and inputs to make good decisions. It's just, you know, I don't know if you, Malcolm Gladwell, oh, yeah. uh, the 10,000 yeah. hours, it's Yep. Your life is filled with experiences, and those decisions that you call instinct that you can make is less instinct and more the collection of everything that you've experienced through your life. And mm-hmm. so school was really good for helping process information and learn a structure. But the decisions and the, I make and the success I've had has all been through life lessons. Did your, uh, I want to say career in Binghamton, did, do you think that helped propel you into starting your own business? 
I, or did I, you know you wanted to be a five-year-old? It's propelled me ever since I was a kid. So you, it since you were a little, yeah, a little so guy, you, knew right. you just, you know, you you want to be a businessman. I did since I was. I mean, my parents' friends would joke. I had a lemonade stand. I folded boxes at the pizza store. They didn't pay me. I got a slice of pizza, but I just won. And the day I turned, I think it's thirteen. I went to the school nurse, got my working papers. I was a stock boy at the local pharmacy, really? which, by the way, if you saw Meet the Fockers, was where. Uh, Greg Falker goes to get his champagne. That was the, that was the drugstore where I was a stock boy. <laughs> wow! My were you there when they were? Were you there when they were filming? Uh, it was after. after yeah, that was okay. that was after. I was not as exciting. There was no Hollywood. Right. It was just me <laughs> making sure every bottle was at the front of the shelf. It's called front facing. If you don't know, and everything has to be front, so it looks like there's lots of stock. Never noticed that. Yes. I never. If you go next time, you go to like a, a CVS or Walgreens, you'll notice every bottle. When someone takes something out, someone's job is to go push the next one forward. It's fascinating. It's amazing. That was. Really I, I was that I love, I love hearing that. You know, because it's not every day you get to talk to somebody that is that wanted to be a businessman. Right. And well, that, that brings me into you mentioned Malcolm Gladwell. Uh-huh. Was there were there any other books? Uh, in your beginning of the journey, we're going to get to Vimeo in a minute. But like, were there any other books, or I don't think there were podcasts that even existed Did not back exist. when we, right? Why are you making us old. <laughs> right, seriously, <laughs> we were talking about that with Greg last week. That Greg's like, you know, I, when he started cold calling for real estate, he's like, I he went through yellow pages. There was a, there, Google didn't exist when we were when we were no, starting yeah. to do our stuff. You know, like we didn't use that for that, but. Were there any books? Did you walk to school uphill both ways and in the snow? I used to well, walk I mean, to school, but books and movies. You know, yeah. that, that Any inspired pop you. culture. I'm trying to think. I've always been, I don't want to say self-help, but one book I liked, I don't know if you've ever heard, Dan Millman, uh, Way of the Peaceful Warrior. Mm-hmm. I just, that flashed into my head. I love Malcolm Gladwell. The truth is I don't uh, read a lot. Now I'm more on Audible, so when I'm commuting. Sure, right. Uh, if you have a family, little kids, you work 90 hours a week, there's not a lot of time for sitting down. I'm an Audible guy, too. But it is amazing. Audible helps you multitask. Yeah. Uh, Tim Ferriss? Were you into Tim Ferriss I at all? I was not into Tim Ferriss. Right. Um, I started it. The book was enormous. It, yeah, it's, it's like this <laughs> thick. Yeah. Four-hour work week, but 40 days of reading is, yes. <laughs> is what it should be called. Uh, <laughs> I... Uh, I'm listening to a book, uh, Deepak Chopra, yeah. Meta Human. It just came out. That's yep. really interesting. It's about, which is so much of my philosophy of how you approach life. Attitude is so much. Uh, Attitude's everything. Everything. It's how you react that's going to determine your life, yes. basically. I think uh, the words of wisdom my dad gave me once was, you have very little control of what happens in the world. The world is going to happen. But the one thing in your life that is certain that you control 100% is how you react. 100%. So you, you have choices every day of how you react to things. And your attitude, whether it's positive or negative, usually dictates the day you're going to have, whether it's a good experience or bad experience. Yeah, it's direct. Michael and I always talk about this. You, you know, you are a product of your own thoughts. Yeah. Hundred percent, and that's stoicism. I'm getting really into stoicism now, and Marcus Aurelius. Now you're using big words for me. <laughs> stoicism. <laughs> Look it up. I, you know, we're um. There's a ton of. I don't even want to mention the competitor, but like uh-huh. there's a ton of videos on YouTube and everything. That, um, we're a partner with YouTube. Actually. Oh, okay, yeah. fantastic. Go YouTube. Many, many, uh, <laughs> many people still view Vimeo as uh, as a competitor or the ad for YouTube, but we are so much more than that now, and we realized. 
the world is fragmented. If you're creating content like you are, you need to succeed with video. That's the place that we want to role we want to play in the world is helping whether you're a small business, a filmmaker, a retail shop, uh, an educator is help you have a successful video strategy. And that's everything from the creation and collaboration and workflow to sharing that out into the world and distributing. We have a, a tool called Publish to Social that with one click, you take your video, it distributes it to Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, YouTube. I didn't, and I didn't know that. Yeah. That's really? incredible. Yeah. So jump from you know where you are you were doing gift back you yep. did david's cookies then you did startup. St- the startup thing you do the sports thing sports thing we're still gonna, we're still taking you to golf this summer i don't care what you say you I don't, take me i'll drive you around i'll you be could, your chauffeur it's fine you're in the limo business i will be your driver for the day watch you play you got to come on the course uh, people will like it's fun it's fun yeah, you, you think we're good no we're, we're awful at it but that's the fun of it you go it and you, you fuck around for four hours it's it's great yes uh, so continue the journey, man. This is fascinating. Went, after the start, I went to Amazon, which was oh my god, which I didn't know that. Great experience. I was at Amazon in Seattle. A little no, in Jersey City. Okay, actually, they had an office. So I you ran, commuted to Jersey City. I did. It was actually easier than I thought. I, I tested driving; would have been a nightmare. But I took the train from Long Island to Manhattan, and then the path. It was right on the river. It was a great office, overlooked the Hudson River. Right. And it was a great learning experience. I oversaw digital marketing and strategy for 10, 10 of their sites. It was a subsidiary. Um, and I got a great experience on how Amazon views the world, how you look at look at the long-term view, the behaviors that drive what a lifetime value for a customer is, and less about the transactional uh, volume of getting customer to transact with you and more about how do you create value for mm-hmm. a customer, not create value for the business. And if you could create value for a customer over the long term, that's how you have a sustainable business. So it was a really, really exceptional education. That's amazing. That's amazing. And from Amazon, you jumped to Vimeo. I'm still one more. One more. One more. I'm, I'm oh from God. e-commerce. We jump around. Uh, I was at Nature's Bounties, and I had my first. CMO oh my job. God! Big uh, shout out to Mitch Slade. Yes, he's still he's still there. Yeah, Adam, yeah. We have a, a mutual friend. Uh, I ran. I was a CMO. That was my first CMO job. I was wow. uh, the director consumer business, and it is it was a, a role unlike the sports industry where I'm very passionate about in terms of health and wellness, uh, and into supplements, and it was something I. I truly cared about. So I was able to dive in and had deep subject matter expertise on why people take supplements and help drive those behaviors and educate them. And we really took a different approach once I got there of solution based of need. I, I want to, you know, I have high blood pressure or I have, uh, right. I have, I have a different ailment and why people take supplements because they don't view it as they view it as medicine. It's deeply part of their routine. And how do mm. you integrate in your life? And you have a, a really important relationship so with as them. a CMO. What do you do? Like a little bit of everything. It depends. I think, like most businesses, the title matters less than what the need of the company is. And at the highest level, your CMO is to, to build trust and w- with the customers. And you have, it depends, some companies are marketing-driven, some are service-driven like yours, some are product-driven. If you're a tech company like Vimeo, we are a product-driven company. So everything we do at Vimeo is about empowering and helping creators. It's creator-first. And my <laughs> job as CMO is to take the value that the product team and engineering team is is building and demonstrate that value to customers of the world. So find the right customers that have a need for a product and then demonstrate the value that we create for them. And then once they're there, continue that relationship, whether it's through life cycle of, you know, emails and and communicating them, doing events for our customers and continually to build and foster that relationship. So for us, we want to help people be successful with video. The tools and products we build (coughs) is what enables and empowers them to be successful. And then my role uh, as CMO, my whole team, whether it's content or email or 
paid media is to make people aware of all the great things that you know the hundreds of engineers we have working on products get into the world and it get actually used because you could build the greatest thing if no one uses it it doesn't really matter right so I mean you know we're we're a podcast trying to make it where we want to promote um, what we believe in and our business in, in a roundabout way we don't we don't want to come in and say use us use us use us because it's nobody does when when you do about it that way so you just want to create value to people we want to interview interview cool people so how would how how could we go on Vimeo and what 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 could it do for somebody like us because we we literally have 30 subscribers at this point on YouTube 33 bro 33 that's 10% more than 30 and <laughs> 10% more of that it grows so i think the most important advice to a small business which is a huge area of focus for us is how do we empower small businesses who by the way don't think it's attainable the problem with that of not thinking it's attainable is the world is centered on video. Every algorithm on Facebook, 100%. on Instagram, it gets six times more engagement than just a post with text. And if you want to reach your customers in the world, whether it's a customer, it's an audience, you need to be doing video because that's how you break through the noise. Video is a really compelling medium. Mm -hmm. um, so you need to be creating content. And it starts with 30. Um, so the first piece of advice is just start creating content. You don't build a followership unless you start putting it out in the world. And... Uh, 30 becomes 50, becomes 500, becomes 5,000. And I think what you said about values is really important. Uh, you're in the car business, and the cars you use to drive people around are not different than what someone else uses. 110%. And if it's about a car picking you up and dropping you off, then the person who charges $5 less gets the business. If it's about your values and what you stand for as a company, then people come to you because 100%. they believe in you as a business yep. and what you're going to do for them and the service you'll give them. And then it's not about the Escalade or the Tesla that comes to pick them up. It's about the people who are driving the car, the people who make the appointments and what you stand for as a company. And that's what sets you apart. And the way you do that is by telling your brand story, your customer stories. Uh, and the best way to do that, in my opinion, and by the way, the algorithms that are smarter than me's opinion is video because that drives right. engagement. You are very lucky to get three seconds of someone's attention in this day and age. Absolutely. 100%. Three seconds. That's what you get. Right. So video is a really good way to break through. Even though we have 30, 33 subscribers and... Well, don't forget, it's hitting 5,000 people. Our biggest on platform is definitely LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we post on there and we have converted accounts on LinkedIn due to our videos, due to our postings, due to our pictures. So, like, as soon as something like that happens where you convert a Fortune 500 company from LinkedIn, we're all in. Yep. And, and and that's exactly what happened. And that's and that's the reason why we, we want to spread the love. We want to tell everybody if you're not posting content online, you are you're missing out. And and your your competitors are and whether they are or they aren't, you have to focus on you and you have to create the, the secret the, the hard part is creating a message. But you just have to you just have to figure it out. You have to start posting. Like we didn't start with a podcast like this. We started with uh, an, an iPhone. Two idiots talking, talking into an iPhone. And then I got a Canon camera. And then I realized, I'm like, you know what? We, we Let's take the conversations that we have in our office on, on the phone and, and put microphones in front of us and let's start recording it. I said we should turn dad's office into a studio. It's, a, it's you know, the ceilings are high. It's a, it's a pretty big office. And it wasn't being used. It was just, it was, it was a shrine to him, you know, and, and all the autographs. I love, that. I love what you're saying because so much in life is about just doing. 
right? The opportunities that we talked about, opportunities in my career, they came from just doing. You, So many people, especially that I see people starting out early in their career about what's the outcome? What am I going to get for doing it? That's why, the, why that's am the I doing worst this? answer. That's the worst uh, question that anybody could ever ask when they're starting out business. What's going to be the end result? You could have the end result in your mind, but that end result could take eight years to get there. You have to go through eight years of sh- eating shit before you actually get to that end result. I mean, I look at this, like I don't look at this like work, right? To me, this is this is fun. Like I get to go, come to work early in the morning with my brother. We get to sit down, we get to talk about things that we're interested in. We get to explain the BLS story, the family history, the, the history of our company, and what made us succeed to the world. And it really, like, I always say this, I say this in every podcast, I'm gonna keep repeating it, when it does it, when it feels like work, then you're not going to love what you do. But when when you when you love what you do, it won't feel like work. Yeah, and if you share and you're authentic with what you love, and then that resonates with someone, they see the authenticity. Yeah. Uh, then they say, "Oh, I actually want to work with Eric and Michael because those people align with my values. They're good people. They're putting good in the world. They care about their customers. Right. And again, if that's why someone purchases from you, then they're going to purchase you because the nine ninety nine discount or that someone offers or the the flash fare that you get that that's a flash and it goes right. out and then when you're in a bind who's going to bend over backwards to make sure someone's there uh, for you that's the people and the service that you get uh, so that's why people buy from people not not discounts and when it becomes especially in this world with e-commerce and it's a commoditized product and uh, that's another thing I learned from uh, Amazon is you know cheap prices has are really powerful and it's hard to compete when you have a long game and Amazon sells a lot of things mm-hmm. and when I went from Amazon to the vitamin space where we only sold vitamins it became really difficult to compete because to Amazon vitamins is one small part of the journey so they might be willing to lose money on vitamins because you buy a TV from them you buy clothes from them right. uh, and they see that vitamins is a great product because it drives the behavior of every 30 days I need more vitamins so it makes you come back to Amazon so they love that behavior of, the, of repeat it's called a consumable product something that you replenish every day, uh, those are the products Amazon loves. So they will lose money on a replenishable product like diapers, formula, vitamins, because it drives the behavior of repeat purchases and they make it up in the long haul. So they look at the long game. How do I demonstrate value in something that my customer cares about? Because I'll get the long the long tail. God, I, this is But you know, Michael, believe it or not, we're doing that. Tell because, me. Because you make, you make less money on an air, you don't make money on an airport transfer. Because it doesn't it doesn't matter how much you charge. Minimum wage is fifteen dollars an hour. A driver is going to be out on the road for two hours to do that one airport transfer. That's thirty dollars. Let alone if there's overtime, traffic, traffic, a overtime. Delay. He he could be on a hundred dollar airport transfer, and we could be paying him alone forty five dollars. What, and what, what do you if th- the flight's delayed two hours? But exactly. he's already at JFK. Right. Exactly. And, and the client's not going to pay for it. The client's well, like, the I'm client's not paying not for wait time. It's not my but, fault the plane was delayed. But you you have to take. You know, people are going to use that New York airport transfer, that LAX airport transfer all the time, but then they're going to go to the city and they're going to use the car all day. And that's where you make your money because, but they're going to use 10 airport transfers to one as directed. That's that's what we call because it. Because they remember business. when their flight was delayed and it was raining and it was 32 degrees, your guy or dr- girl driver was there with Listen, the umbrella. Uh, airport transfers are our vitamins on Amazon. Yes, right. <laughs> it's, but it's it's our replenishable. Like every right. everybody always needs an airport transfer. Always everybody needs a transfer to go from work to home. We're not making much money on those, mm-hmm. but you make money on, you know, when when they keep the car for a long time. And that's interesting. That, that's that's, that's the name of the game. 
did you apply to Vimeo? I did didn't. You? I actually, Vimeo came about, it goes back to, to saying yes. I was, uh, I, I made a decision to be open at that point. I'm going to say yes to everything. So a recruiter called me and I said, I, I, I know, I don't know anything about media. I'm not a SaaS. I don't have a background. Are you sure you have the right person? He's like, yeah, mm. no, no, no. You should come in. I said, I come from e-commerce. I have a digital marketing background. Are you sure? Uh, this doesn't feel right for my background. And I told him no, I think twice, even though I said I was going to say yes. And he said, well, why don't you just have coffee with Anjali, our CEO, and, and see if there's a fit. So the, the literally the best job I've ever had in my life really? came from saying yes to coffee and then sitting down with the CEO, who's an incredibly inspiring leader and and finding out we had more in common. She actually worked at Amazon at the same division as I did. We overlapped for two weeks. So as I was coming in, she was, she was leaving. She had a, a similar background. Uh, she was running marketing at a point in time before she became CEO at the company. So she understood marketing. She spoke my language and really knew what it took to be successful. And we hit it off. And so saying yes to coffee led to the most fulfilling job in, in my That's career. Amazing. So no, I wasn't looking. I didn't apply. Uh, I actually wanted to turn it down because every instinct in my body would have said, eh, it's not the right fit. And if I said no to that, I would have turned off an amazing opportunity. So, so much in the world, people say, oh, you're lucky or how do you, are you a lucky person? Um, luck is is an elusive word and it's really how you... Doesn't exist. No. Luck, well, luck does say, not exist. Luck does exist. It exists for yeah. everyone, but it's how you define luck. And I'll explain my, my... I know you guys believe, you call it the secret or putting positive energy. I think so much in the world is about attitude and positivity. And yep. I've always considered myself lucky before, you know, and not just because I have an amazing wife who's out of my league, but still makes me a better person or I have... Uh, That's really sweet. Two, two beautiful kids. I have a job that I love and I work for an inspiring leader. Those are all great things that I have, I'm grateful for. But uh, luck to me is about being a willingness and openness to see the good things that present themselves in the world. And many people just have their heads down, so they're not open to the opportunities. That's exactly right. And they're not opening those doors. No, it's not. Right. A it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And yes. I've always, since I was five, thought I was a lucky person. And all these good things happened to me. And I just, that fulfilled that I'm lucky. So more good things happened. And then I think I was in in my mid-20s, there's a, a segment on, I don't know, 60 Minutes or 2020 that was talking about luck. And it they did a science experiment, and they took 20 people, 10 that thought they were lucky people, and 10 that said they were just unlucky. And they, had them, they were having them come to the studio in Manhattan, and right in the entrance to the door, they put a $100 bill on the floor. <sighs> and it was right in front. So you had to walk past the $100 bill. And every single person, all 20 people, had to walk past the $100 bill. And a really interesting thing that happened was I think it was like nine out of the 10 people that thought they were lucky saw the $100 bill, picked it up, and the exact opposite of the people that thought they were unlucky, nine out of them walked by and only one picked it up. And it just it's was, amazing. it was like that captured the essence of, of my approach to life of when you believe good things happen, are going to happen to you. You go out into the world expecting good things to happen to you. So you're always on the lookout. What's the next good thing? I'm going to look. And because you're always looking for the good things when they present themselves, you're well willing to receive them and you find them. Uh, and that's the power, the, of po the power of positivity. One hundred and ten percent works. And like you're a living, breathing example of it. One hundred percent. Because yeah. like you, you can just sense from your energy, you're a happy guy. Yeah, I am. I get joked on the leadership team is that I'm I am the positive one. Every time I'm looking at the, the glass half full or the positive side you of it, ha you have to if you if you you know you, to get to where you are. You know, like in my mind, I would always think that the CMO from Vimeo would be some Stanford guy from Silicon Valley no, with like state school. That, that's what that's <laughs> that's what's so inspiring about this is that 
you can go to Binghamton and become the CMO of Vimeo. And that is amazing. What this podcast is all about is this guy right here. You don't need to go to Harvard. You need, it's all about the attitude. Yep. And it's how you, I, I don't know if you, have you read The Power of Your Subconscious Mind? I have not. Okay. Download it. Download it. It's, it's, it's very powerful. That was the book that changed my life. That and The Science of Getting Rich. The Power of Your Subconscious Mind is how you program your beliefs and what your beliefs... He's doing that. I know, and he's not even realizing yeah. that, it, that it, it is... But it goes back into the same thing of you don't control the world. You control how you react to the things that happen in 100%. the world. 100%. And by the way, that doesn't mean shitty things don't happen. Of course they uh, do. Sometimes the universe comes around with a baseball bat and hits you in the face. It doesn't mean I haven't been fired from a job. It doesn't mean I haven't suffered loss of a loved one that is has no rational uh, being. Uh, but what it does mean is when you expect good things to happen, I literally go into every situation, I just expect it to be a good outcome. Same with and that, us. And by the way, Same that doesn't mean us. that nine times out of 10, there aren't bad outcomes. It means I remember the good outcome and every time I start something, I expect it to be good. So that means I always start things where the person that doesn't believe there'll be a good outcome, they never even take the start. So because they didn't go into it or they think it's gonna be a negative outcome, they don't even take it on, they miss the one good thing because they didn't, do the 10, the 10 things to get there. Like, and they just know, don't even start. Like I went into a meeting, you were sick, but I went into a meeting uh, two nights ago into the city. And like you're, as you're walking into it and you're getting the vibrations from it, you're like, everything's fine. Yeah. Like, do you get that feeling where like, like you walk in, do you have like, a sixth like, sense, like, like, like walking just, in, knowing this we, is going to be we all have, right. We got this already. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that energy, by the way, that's, you talk about an athlete that succeeds, they believe they're going to get a hit. It's all, there is no difference between a top tier athlete going to a bat that gets the hit that doesn't get the hit. It's it's the, their belief in and their focus on the outcome they want to see. And that's what makes it happen. And uh, you go into a situation and you will always be right. Whether you think you're going to have a bad time or a good time, you will be 100 percent right. Because if you go throughout the life and to the to the party thinking it's going to be a bad time or bad things are going to happen, you will f- seek out the negative experience or you'll seek out you'll only pay attention to the bad things that are happening to you whether you think you can or whether you think you can either way you're right that's a 311 lyric but that's from I think Norman Vincent Peale or The Secret or that's that's like an old in Boss Baby he's like if you aim for failure you'll always succeed yeah but I mean that's that's pretty universal by the way cliches or things the common themes you read in all these books it's all the same thing it's how you approach how you approach life and what you want the outcome to be I say it with my team that I lead. Uh, I believe in being outcome focused, not tactic focused. I've said that before uh, numerous times. And what I mean by that is, and sometimes people mistake how this is said, but it's not how you achieve the goal. It's achieving the goal. And I don't mean that the ends justify the means. That's not what I'm saying. It means that if you're outcome focused, you could fail at a lot of different approaches, but if you keep trying, you will find the right approach that leads you to your success. Mm. And that doesn't mean do anything to succeed or be a bad person. It just means that don't give up Mm. uh, and you never truly fail. This goes back to my my sport when I was wrestling is you never truly fail. You just stop trying. So as long as you're continuing your pursuit and willing to find different uh, paths to, to achieve it, you'll find success eventually. Right. It just takes time. You can't be afraid to shift gears and no. you can't be a dogmatic about your approach where you have to say, you know, okay, I tried this for a long time. It's still not working. Well, he's, I have to Harris reinvent is, myself. Harris has clearly reinvented himself. I mean, you started out in, you know, gift baskets. Yeah, yeah, flowers. And, tulips and gift baskets. Right. And now you're, you're you know, you have a, a pretty company. powerful position at a tech company. How how far high? I mean, you're, you're pretty high up. Do you want to go higher? Do you want to, you know? 
I, I don't know. I think I have, I want to do a good job in the role I'm in. And I think mm-hmm. if you focus on not, you always have to have, I said, outcome focus. You have to have a, a, a guide to where you want to be in life. But so many people focus on where they want to get to. They lose sight of what they're doing now. And I think uh, I, I want to be an incredible CMO. I want to deliver for my team. I want to deliver for my colleagues, for my boss and the company that, that owns us. Uh, and I think if I do a good job, then the next opportunity to present it. Um, but right now, and this is maybe, I don't know, one of the first time I am truly happy uh, in, I love in my career. And I work way too much. Uh, I make a lot of sacrifices. I wake up very early. I stay up late. Oh, well, that was my next question. What's your day like? Like, g- Give us like a, a standard day in the I life of Harris I usually wake Bieber. up at five. Uh, right. That's my favorite time of the day, and some people think I'm crazy, is that five to 6.30 because my two kids are sleeping. Everyone in the house is sleeping. I get to have a cup of coffee, my laptop. It's your it's hour probably, of power. Yeah. And it's even, it's just catching up on email. It's the time that's for me that yeah. I get to get before the meetings start, before, you know, get the kids ready for school. Uh, or the, the day tends to spiral and you have a lot less control once the day gets started. But if I get up early, that's, it's hard to get interrupted and I feel productive. So whether I do a spin, which I'm doing less of on Peloton or I get some We just got them. We just got the Peloton. It's amazing. I sing its praises, although uh, my <laughs> wife gives me a very hard time in that. Uh, it's better coat uh, shirt rack these days because I've been busy. Uh, so I started yeah. out at like five days a week, then I went to four days a week, and now I'm traveling on. We're traveling next week, so I'm like, I'll just I'll just get back to it when, when I get back. back. When, when the key we is get a habit, though. You have to once yes. you get you get hooked on it. And yes. I, the thing, it's crafted for my life that, you know, if I I used to love spin soul cycle, I tried a bunch of them. The problem with that was I worked. The, the schedule isn't conducive to my schedule. And then, so I had to do it on a Saturday, but it was 15 minutes away from where I live. So I had to drive, you know, that meant 20 minutes to get there. The class, it meant I gave up two hours on a Saturday, which by the way, is the only time I really get with my kids. I see them right. at night before they go to bed, but the this quality time I get with them is on the weekend. So, so and then you get to the so, office. What time are you in the office by? Uh, it depends. Sometimes I'll go in earlier, but usually it's more productive to work at home. I'll okay. wait for the kids to wake up. I get to see them. And I'm usually in the office by 8, around 8, plus wow. or minus 15 minutes. Okay. And then, again, that's the quiet time. Uh, Vimeo right. is a product-driven engineering, so a lot of people come in a little bit later. They work a little bit later, and they stay later. Um, we have flexible schedules. People work uh, to what, adjust to their life. So some people are early, more people come in a little later, work late. Um, as long as you're getting the job done in your work, we want to be flexible again, flexible in your approach, uh, steadfast in the outcomes that we want. So are you one of the people that love to have like long meetings or short meetings or like, do you just, uh, it depends on the meeting. Unfortunately we have too many meetings. I think that's uh, a curse of the modern age or t- of today is there's a lot of meetings, which also forces the necessity of working early and late to, to be productive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I've never really thought about it long. Long is never good. I don't know anyone that likes to be in a long meeting. It's very some, rarely sometimes does, they get pretty long-winded. Yeah. I very rarely do get more efficiency out of a long, a longer meeting. You don't accomplish more. Mm-hmm. I like a clear agenda, what the outcome is that you're looking for. A solution, and then, right. And then measurement and then a follow-up of did we achieve that. That's the ideal meeting. We have meeting guidelines that, you know, every few months we reiterate to the the whole company and by the way we try to lead by example which doesn't always happen Mm because the world happens you you do the best you can what is what does vimeo give to their employees do they allow them i went to the aol it was aol no it was oath it was the oath offices once and they had a yoga room 
They had a meditation room. Do you guys offer that? Do you? IAC, have our parent company, does have. Uh, I don't know if it's a meditation room. They have a room upstairs that has two chairs that you could book if you want to take a nap. It's um, amazing. But that's a small little room. Totally create I think that. It has two lounges. Totally we'll put a cot uh, on here. I don't know how many people take advantage of it. Vimeo gives, I think, flexibility. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of working parents that have, we let <coughs> life happen. People, if they need to work from home, we have, we're t- a tech-enabled company, so we use um, video conferencing where we adapt to people's lives. Again, we, we know what we want to achieve, and if you hire the right people, you should, they should be able to, and yeah. trust them to do the job they were hired for. You could be flexible in areas Companies like, that. like yours set the tone for companies like ours because we're not a startup. We're a family-run business. We don't have any investors. Well, tell so, Harris, tell the audience. You what, have investors. What, you have investors. Your clients are your investors. Your employees are your investors. You're looking at the investors <laughs> here. We don't have outside money. Listen, when and we're, we're, we're when the only... Stakeholders, f- I should say, not investors. When, right. when we're short on payroll, it's our home equity lines that are coming in to, yeah. to save the day. And, you know... We don't do it often. It's very, very rare that we but, have to but, but throw when, in money. When but when it did happen, we, we, we had to do what we had to do. Right. And we, and we kept the company afloat. And it, you know... You know, but we, Eric instilled the culture. From, yeah, we came from a place where our father, our, our father was really was old, very school. old school. Yeah, and to say the least. He he wanted all the work with like with very little of the benefit. He thought the benefit was just working here. So we you know Michael and I made a change where we're like we want people to have fun when they come here, and we want people to um we we give them. We're more lenient with the time off. We give them. Uh, we, we feed breakfast every single day. We do lunch. Every, we do lunch once a week, and these are all newer things. But like companies like Vimeo, have been doing that for years, and you know that's why they retain these incredible employees. Right. And we're we give everyone if for everyone's birthday they could take the day off and they get it. We do that as well. Yes. Yeah. 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 Like it's it's things like that where we didn't have a problem hiring this year. Because we offer the two weeks vacation. We offer the birthday. Right. Like, in, the, in the last six months, we hired 60 people. That's incredible. It's insane. Yeah. And we, we're all, we opened up six more offices this year, and we're opening up six more next year. I mean, we have, we have a huge, we have these big projects that we're doing and growing the company and doing the podcast and writing the books. There's only 24, I look at it, there's only 24 hours in a day, and people are like, how do you sleep? I'm like, that's the point, you know. I write every night, and... You know, you, you you write until the eyes go, and then you get up again, and you start the day all over again because you 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 know we're here for such a short time. I mean, for everyone's frame of reference, like we started the podcast at seven a.m. Yeah, so like yeah. you know, yeah, so we could go do our jobs, right? Yeah. Which, <laughs> exactly, which we're the day job. You started off by saying this up. is fun, yeah. right? But you get to do this stuff by making room for it, not by taking away from the stuff that you need to do. Right. Exactly. Right. This is this was incredible. You have taught us so much, and like. You really, we are so grateful that you allowed, you know, you came on here and you allowed some time nothing. for us. I'm grateful for you and, and your mom and, and what you gave to me at, at a part where I was, you know, just trying to make a mark in the world. And I think you have, you come across moments in life where you have a choice where it's, it's easy to say no, but it's even easier to say yes and help someone. And I think people take the quick no, but if you have an opportunity to, to take a phone call or help someone or go out of your way, that you don't realize the enormous impact and ripples that has on that individual when it could be very small for It's amazing, you know, this 20 years ago, we, I don't say we invested in Harris, but we were nice to Harris. Yeah, it's yeah. simple. And oh, I knew he was going to be the CMO of Vimeo one day, and that's but, why but I was not, nice to you. But not only that, but Thank now I'll it, give you the money. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it, thanks, Harris. It came back around, and he's doing us a favor. 
and and it that's and karma. It's, it's, it's the rule. It's the laws of karma. So, and and I know you know it's it's you live by those rules. You may not you may not say, well, this is karma, so I'm going to go take care of this person. Like you have that attitude where you it's attitude of gratitude. It's attitude of gratitude. I believe in it. I think positivity goes a long way. Yep. It's the way you approach it. We've talked about this uh, all morning. Is the way you approach life, the way you look at it and perceive it. You could always see the good or bad in anything. Uh, you're a happier person when you choose to see the good. Hundred percent. And and that we should just That's, end this golden podcast. That's, yeah. This was fascinating. This was the best. This one. was so much fun. Yeah, and I, I hope it. you come back. I will. We have to talk. Can you? I want to talk about family. I, yeah, of course. I'll come pick you up. <laughs> yes, I want you picking me up. Yeah, I'll pick you up. Yeah. Um, do you have it? Do you, do you have any social media that you want to promote or you know? No, like, I, this is I think promoting positivity. Do something good. That's the only thing I want. To okay. Do a favor for somebody. Any specific shout outs you want to give to? No, to Eric and Michael, oh Phyllis. I do want to give a shout out to Phyllis. All right. If you don't know, that is Eric and Michael's mom. She is the one that placed orders. She would call me uh, with. I wasn't it's expecting so, that, it's so but awesome thank you. Because like we talk about this stuff oh, all the time, all and time. we talk about being good. And like my my mom's been on the podcast, and we talk about all these things. Right. And then you have someone coming in and saying, "Yeah, it's true." That's that's awesome. And it's, I bet I so remember awesome. this was before you even started the podcast. We had just reconnected. It had been a few years. And I asked Michael for Phyllis's email. And I said, hey, I just want to send her a note. Michael didn't even know why. And I wanted to send her a note thanking her. She probably didn't even realize that her buying flowers made such a difference for me or that she sent, you know, a pen uh, to somebody, a, a business associate. And it made a difference to me. She was just it was an easy decision for her to make. She it was going to send a gift anyway. It wasn't even a question. Yeah. It wasn't even a question of whether we were going to, you know, work with but you when you had gift back. That's how we live our lives. Right. And it wasn't to be it's like, so one day we're going to need a favor from Harry. Like, we don't work like that. We don't no, say, one day we're going to need it back from him. No. It doesn't, we don't operate like that. It's easier to be nice and mean and go out of your way, but people don't usually take, it's odd because they take the more difficult way. Yeah. It's amazing. Did Paris. you have fun? I did. I had fun. Thank you for having Thank me. You. Thank, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, house. everybody. And like, well, oh, we forgot to say it in the beginning, right? Like, subscribe, share. Send this and, uh, to all your friends at Vimeo. And uh, you if you want to make videos, go on me. Vimeo. We're going we're gonna to talk about Vimeo now and how we can use it for hours. Is there now. after hours? Would you like an after hours right now? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning <laughs> after in, guys. As the podcast. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.